all the news in the last week has been bad. <laughs> Cosby got out. Yeah. Britney didn't. um we were talking we were talking about that at work uh but like they're like we weren't like seriously talking about it but people were saying like how her the conservative ship is like bs and we were just everybody was on board with that like how absurd it is but they were like freaking out at the judge for not being not ending it uh which was the news if you just read the headlines the judge like denied her request but like when you actually read the articles they're like no this is like a preliminary thing like there's there's no way the judge could have even overturned it if she wanted to it was like this is like the first step in the process of ending it mm-hmm. but that thing's nuts man i can't believe that uh it's been 13 years of her not being able to control her own life that is nuts yeah like no. I, I understand if somebody's like in a mental institution, right? Like they're like yeah. literally getting treatment and can't, but she's been in the world making money doing tours and concerts. And like, how do you justify saying somebody can't control their life and then put them out in the world? And they're obviously yeah. fine. Also, I mean, when, when did she like um, really start to publicly like break down? Like when, you know, shaving her head and like 2007, I, like, I said, I thought that was before 08 and, and didn't she didn't. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, then she, the conservative start conservative ship started in 08 and it's been going yeah. on for 13 years. Okay, but and it, it's yeah, like her rehab and everything didn't last super long. So no. Know, and like too... everybody, everybody has a mental breakdown, right? Like not everybody, but like, it's not an <laughs> unusual thing. And again, it's not like she was hurting herself. She shaved her head. Yeah. And I don't want to downplay like whatever issue she had. Like she was, she was obviously losing it. And even if she needed, mental health care then that was 13 years ago like yeah. again i completely understand if you have a conservatorship for somebody who like can't take care of themselves and is locked away basically yeah. getting treatment but clearly for 13 years she's been going on tour around the world making music and living her life and yet she's not responsible enough to handle her own money or like one of the things i read was like her dad forces her to have an iud like she has like a permanent birth control in her that's absurd <laughs> That's insane. That like, how is that insane. even legal? She's 38 years old, man. It's hard to believe she's that old. But yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess she was like our age when she became famous. So Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I was like eighth grade freshman year when she like blew up and like, well, I was just, it was funny. I was talking to my wife about this last night. Uh, we were talking about, we were playing one of the board games and one of the board games had AC Slater come up. And my buddy's girlfriend is like 26, 27. Mm. She didn't know who AC Slater was. So, so that, the first time I ever felt old was from a Saved by the Bell reference, but it was in my last deployment. So I'm like, guess I'm, I'm not even 30 yet. I'm like 28, 29. And I referenced Kelly Kapowski. Right. And the entire team just uh-huh. looks at me. And I'm like, like Kelly Kapowski. He's like, is that somebody you met before you left? I'm like, like no man like who's this polish girl you're talking about yeah like it blew my mind because i just still thought that was common knowledge but to the rest of the team they were just like oblivious yeah so she didn't know who ac slater was and they were like mario lopez she's like oh mario lopez from whatever like entertainment tonight or whatever he's on and we're like no he's ac slater that's what he's from that's what he'll always be from but then that got me and my wife talking about like uh saved by the bell and she's like oh she was like who's your favorite 
And I was like, obviously Zach. Not, well, no, I said Zach, Zach, of course. And then I go, well, if you don't count Kelly Kapowski, and she like <laughs> laughed. And I was like, I'm pretty sure like one of Kelly Kapowski, Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World, or yeah. the girl who played the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. Like one of those three is like our guys our age. That, that was your first crush. One of those three easily. Like I get like 90% of guys in the mid thirties. That that was it. Oh yeah. No, I, th- I think when uh, Lauren and I were dating, like I told her my first love will always be Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like that's, I, I'm pretty sure it was pink Ranger for me, but like, I wasn't, it was like, I was like second, third grade. So like, I didn't really like girls. Then, yeah. but I was like obsessed with power Rangers, but like Kelly Kapowski for sure was like the coming of age. Like that was the girl. Yeah. And then like you watch Save by the bell now and you're like, man, her hair was terrible. Like <laughs> what, what was going on back then? <laughs> oh uh, man. yeah. But great show. Yeah. Save by the bell. If you guys haven't seen it, you shame on you. We're not we're not old, damn it. Still a good, still holds up. Still in my prime. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's kick this thing off. We are the 1v1 Deep State podcast. I am Jake and I'm at the rake but the A is a 4 on Twitter. My co-host and uh, I don't want to say enemy's too strong, nemesis is too strong. My opponent, I guess, I don't know. Thomas Black at Thomas Black underscore eighty six on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I had to. We were talking model. previously. What's up? You could have went, went with role model. Your role model is Thomas. Role Black model. I, I'm not sure if I would go that far. Role model. That sounds probably hero? personal hero. As inaccurate as Nemesis sounded. <laughs> so we don't we don't want to go with that. Yeah. But yeah, so hit us up on Twitter. Join our Discord. It's in the info on these episodes we had a really good conversation this week about geolibertarianism uh which was something basically my it basically lined up with my beliefs of like i don't really believe in borders like i'm more of the if i had it my way the eu style where like there's individual countries with their individual rules kind of like how the states are set up right like you can go from state to state no problem but i wish that was like universal i don't really believe in borders uh lock lockdown borders i should say but there's a really long conversation about that on the discord you didn't i don't think you got to participate in that but uh it was 100 100 messages minimum of how of uh talking about that kind of stuff and yeah it's all good man uh but you should definitely jump in there sometimes. There's some good stuff going on. And we are not going to forget to put this out on time. I, I almost forgot to upload it. I edited the episode and didn't put it through upload. We're not going to do that again because I had a mini panic attack. <laughs> but this week we're talking about something actually pretty close to us. We both live in Loudoun County and the Loudoun County School Board has gotten some national attention about their proposed transgender student policy. And we have some thoughts and feelings on that. And we're definitely on the opposite side of the spectrum on on where we land on uh, whether this is a good policy or a bad policy. So what... First, I want to just read the relevant text of the actual policy. I have it up right here. There's there's more to it, but this is the, the crux of it, right? 
LCPS staff shall allow gender expansive or transgender students to use their chosen name and gender pronouns that reflect their gender identity without any substantiating evidence, regardless of the name and gender recorded in the student's permanent educational record. School staff shall, at the request of a student or parent legal guardian, when using a name or pronoun to address the student, use the name and pronoun that correspond to their gender identity. The use of gender neutral pronouns are appropriate. Inadvertent slips in the use of names or pronouns may occur. However, staff or students who intentionally and persistently refuse to respect a student's gender identity by using the wrong name and gender pronoun are in violation of this policy. So that's the policy in a nutshell. There's some other bathroom, access to bathrooms, locker rooms, that sort of thing. That's pretty standard for for these kind of... If you're going to go in on the allowing them to be called by the other gender and stuff, then you kind of have to let them use the bathroom or else it doesn't really make sense. Um, And something else that happened this week was there was a, the Supreme court decided not to hear a case of a Virginia student, another, another Virginia thing, putting us in the national spotlight of a Virginia student who was denied being able to use their gender preferred bathroom. Uh, The lower court's, ruled in his favor and the supreme court decided not to hear the case so as of now he can you well he's out of high school now but he was suing when he was high school and uh that policy can stand that they're allowed to it's legal to use those bathrooms yeah one of the things i've, I've noticed uh and it's slightly off topic but but still within uh the realm of conversation but you know when there's a 6-3 conservative majority on the supreme court everybody was saying how uh, basically, they were going to act as puppets for the GOP, and this would be one evidence where that's not the case. But also, like there were several instances where it wasn't a five-four or six-three decision. Like, there's been unanimous decisions. There's been seven twos, eight ones. Um, so it is. We've to me, seen it. Like, we've seen a couple. A cup. The uh, Voting Rights Act one was six-three down party lines, and there was another one. Uh, but the Voting Rights Act was the bigger one. The upholding the Arizona right for their stricter voting laws. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you that there has been some surprise, not decisions. I think most of the decisions have been what we thought they were going to be, but the way that people voted was uh, pretty surprising. Uh, so yeah, I, well, it's not, like, I, I, I'm not particularly surprised that, that it's not a bunch of six, three decisions, to be honest. Um, right. Yeah. And most of them aren't though. Right. Like, again, I think it's a lot of mainstream media, propaganda and especially voting season propaganda to scare people about uh, a lot of these dis- i was just gonna say yeah a lot of the decisions that ha- go to the supreme court are not super contentious or along party lines like that doesn't that's not the norm mm-hmm. yeah i'll say i wouldn't I, i'm glad you mentioned um you know election year propaganda if you will because it wasn't the mainstream media pushing it this was you know politicians um saying no yes. now we need to stack the court this is what's going to happen if you allow you know amy coney barrett to be a justice um so uh, to me it's, it's the mainstream media reporting on the disingenuous statements of, of in this situation um a lot of democrats saying basically yeah it's going to go for south. sure but 2016 was the same way they were it was all about the courts uh and that actually was a thing that worked for them in 2016 that was like one of the when they did the exit polls of voters the court 
the Supreme Court vacancies and appointing judges was like one of the top things on their list for why they voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we kind of got off topic, but it's not that's it's still an interesting it's still an interesting thing to discuss, especially in relation to this, because, yeah, as you said, there is six conservatives on the court and a lot of them are like Alito, Amy Coney Barrett are more uh, religiously conservative. I think their religion plays a more, a bigger role in their, I don't want to say their decisions because especially Amy Coney Barrett hasn't been there long enough, but they, they seem, they appear to lean more religious than uh, the other. Personal kind of, life, uh, sure. Like I, I right, right, right. Overtly religious people of faith. Um, there you go. Overtly religious. That's, that's, you said it. That's why you're my role model, man. You, <laughs> if you, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, they're more overtly religious, and people were worried about that. So yeah, they're not picking. They're not. I think, I think Alito was the only one that uh, voted to hear that transgender bathroom case, uh, but the rest of them decided to pass on it. So that was interesting. But yeah, this is a uh, this is a national news topic, and this is kind of there's another topic. That goes hand in hand with this, but I don't want to be here all night, so we'll probably split this to a different episode. But the transgender rights policy and then this fear mongering of banning critical race theory being taught in public schools. Uh, Both of these were we the Loudoun County School Board had a meeting recently to discuss the transgender policy, but there were a lot of signs and protesters shouting about critical race theory. Uh, So. That that's gonna have to be they're not zero they're yeah they're not they're not in they're not inextricably linked but they're definitely getting i don't know if the if i don't know it's just it's two things that are really hot right now and they're being brought up together uh but yeah i think the critical race theory discussion we'll save for another episode and we'll just focus on this transgender rights bill because there wasn't this policy has nothing to do with critical race theory there's no bill up for discussion or vote at the Loudoun County school board to start teaching critical race theory. Uh, again, I think it's a lot of fear mongering right now, but as far as the transgender rights bill, uh, you are more overtly religious than I am. I am not religious at all. Uh, I kind of feel like the teacher, the gym teacher, another news article is that a gym teacher spoke out at the Loudoun County at one of the Loudoun County school board meetings against using these pronouns he was against the policy and he cited his faith for not being able to 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 comply with this kind of policy and they suspended him and we'll start at that this topic i don't think well how do you i'm not going to put words now how do you feel about suspending a teacher for speaking out about his feelings at an basically open forum meeting of the school board yeah, so I completely agree with the decision of the court um, in <laughs> right. this matter. And, and here, here's the thing: there are a couple of reasons why. Um, one, hold on, hold on. Before you get into your before you get into your reasons, I just want I need to clarify. They suspended him. He went to court. They got a temporary injunction against the school, so he's allowed to work. But the school has uh, objected to the decision. They're they're trying to get it overturned. So that's that's where we're at. So he's yeah. he's currently he's currently in the lead as far as lawsuits go. Yeah, and then let's clarify again, because um, it wasn't a suspension. It was, it was, uh, well, it was a suspension. It was a paid administrative leave, so it's not right, as right, if, right. Um, 
he wasn't fired. He wasn't um, financially tied right, up right. in a bad situation. And I just want to say that it's to still be, bad to be on your record. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But um, just a matter of clarification and, and, and accuracy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of um, course, of course. Yeah, so I do agree with the decision of the court for a number of reasons. Um, one, it was an open forum. Uh, Loudoun County Public School Board uh, commonly, when they meet, has several hours set aside for public comment on any topic. Um, so he went there as a constituent um, of Loudoun County and voiced his opinion. Um, he did state that he was a teacher um, and then he did cite his justification for it. But again, he did that in a, in a venue that was appropriate. He didn't do this as a gym teacher. He did it as a citizen citing that his profession was a, an educator. I so, I watched his, I watched his speech at that, forum because it was recorded mm-hmm. i don't remember him making any like threats or any, he just said that he couldn't do it because right yeah. like he didn't say like i think like i, I think said he I, did say I, he wouldn't do it um and right. that was what loudon county uh, I, I think in part at least argued is that he was um openly admitting that he would violate policy and their stance was this is being handed down by the state and that's true yeah but um so I think there was that, and then really the other thing that was mentioned that some might say is inflammatory um, was he likened, um, in his words, misgendering a child or calling a child by a a male child by a traditionally female name and vice versa. He, he likened that to child abuse. Um, I think that was the only thing I heard um, when I was like, this is where I could easily see somebody saying this is inflammatory or this is more hostile in nature. Um mm-hmm. Because that's a pretty heavy accusation, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, no, I thought what, it was a fine speech from a standpoint of, of from watching it. So I'm going to say right off the top that I don't think it was right to suspend him. I don't think that was the right thing to do because of what you described. It's an open forum. This is literally what it's for. He is a constituent. He lives in Loudoun County, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and he works at the school. Like. I think that's fine. I didn't think anything he said. I think he's wrong in a lot of what he said, but I didn't think anything was, you know, anything was too over the top or uh, offensive or anything like that. Again, I think he's wrong with basically everything said. And he didn't come off as like shouting or anything. He was passionate, but he wasn't like shouting at anybody and pointing pointing a finger like he wasn't very aggressive is what i'm saying like he's a big dude but like he didn't it didn't sound again nothing nothing he did that i think would warrant a suspension i'm glad the court sided with them i'm sad that they're fighting the suspension again these are our specifically like when we when people say the word these are our tax dollars that work for me and you these are our tax dollars we're literally paying yeah for all this we're paying for him to be on suspension we're paying for the lawsuit uh, against him so i think this is not a uh, a winning case i think that silencing your constituents in this way even if he's a teacher not a good look not well, a good way to start off this and it's a little deeper than that um because here's the thing i've spoken uh at two different school board meetings um one was uh, addressing what they called the diversity library um which is disingenuous in its title different conversation for a different day. And I've spoken um, about policy 1040, which is very similar to 8040, 8035, but a little more generic. But 
in, in both instances, I heard people in support of the diversity library um, and in support of policy 1040 and uh, gender expansive rights, and they identified themselves as teachers. So what the, the school board did was they said that we will tolerate concurring opinions, but we will punish opinion of dissent. That's not appropriate on any level. And then the way the school mm -hmm. board went about it, um, like the judge to me was very accurate when he said you were vindictive in your response. Yeah. I don't know if you read the opinion. Did you read the opinion of the judge? I didn't read the opinion. I, I saw, I, I, only saw the story when that guy got suspended. And then I think we, I talked to you on Twitter about it. And then shortly after he got reinstated due to the judge. And I think that's absolutely correct. I'm again, I'm, for, I'm more or less for this policy, but I'm not for, again, like you said, silencing opinion, silencing your constituents. The guy is allowed. He has a right to be wrong. He doesn't have a right to harass people or, you know, purposely, be hateful or whatever and he wasn't doing that i'm not saying he was but like he has a right not to that anybody ever accused him of that like even the county no, never no. accused his conduct as a teacher right and that's so again i think it's way overboard uh i think a simple like they could have just put out a statement saying we disagree with this guy and that would have been the end of it they've made it a bigger it's streisand effect they made it a bigger deal than it needed to be and now it's a national thing that they're and it's not a, a it's not a good thing to be known for that you're going to silence your again it's not even being a teacher it's like i'm that's a constituent telling his side of the story at an open forum and you're going to punish him because he happens to work for you yeah well, well and in its base and i don't want to believe at this point too much because we agree but this yeah. government is supposed to be of by and for the people so it's a right. it's a peer telling the people that that were put in charge by the rest of the, the citizens of the county, hey, here's what I want you to understand about this policy and potential ramifications of it. And, and again, if I'm a school board member, I want that. I want to know if I'm making up this number, but let's say 35% of the educators are Christians, if they all feel this way, because now I'm going to have a labor shortage. Who's going to back? Like, that's just stuff they need to consider and, and ultimately need to report back to the state because, yes, in, uh, in Lima County's defense, this is coming down from the Virginia Department of Education. Um, and I think for the most part, the policy they drafted is, uh, very similar to the model policy put out from Richmond. Yeah. Uh, I, what I think needs to, I mean, it's, it sucks that it has to be this way, but it's similar to how, like we have libel laws and slander laws in this country, but if you phrase it as a question or phrase it like a hypothetical, you can get away with it. And that's kind of how you have to like state your opinion now. Like if he would have said hypothetically, if there was a Christian gym teacher who disagreed with this policy based on religious grounds, blah, blah. Like if you just like framed it as a hypothetical, he's probably not even in this like at all. It was yeah, mostly because I, he was saying I, it's mostly because yeah. he was saying I was I would do this. I would do that. Right. Like, which is dumb. Yeah. Like if, if all he said was hypothetically, if I did this then like why they, they would have they have no grounds now, but they would have had even less grounds to suspend them if he if he just framed it that way. No, I agree. But again, and again, I don't know we're in agreement on this this whole this whole part of the conversation. We are, I think, one hundred percent united on. But the 
brilliance and beauty of free speech is I don't have to phrase my statement as a question. I can tell the government right. exactly what I think. I completely no agree. Like, but so I'm just saying the, the, I'm pointing. Yeah, I just, I just, I just wanted to point out the the dumbness, the the hypocrisy oh, of like yeah, if yeah. you just if you just frame it a different way, it's it's okay. But if you use the first person, then it's not like it is. It, yeah. That's how ridiculous that their argument is. So I didn't want to spend too much time on that. But that was that was the first part of it. That's what kind of brought this to my attention because for me calling somebody what they want to be called is just politeness. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. care. I don't care what I don't care if you want to be called he or she or it or they or them or Mm -hmm. Thomas or Terrence or this is not this is not a good equivalence. This is not a good equivalence. Your first name is James. You go by your middle name, Thomas. That's what you prefer. I have no problem mm-hmm. calling you that. That's my best friend's the same way. He goes by Michael, his middle name. His dad is James. He's Michael. You're Thomas. Mm-hmm. I can don't I think you, it's that. Can I give you a different example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the phone, the last point I'm going to make before I hand it over. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But you now you can go. I don't I don't think I don't think that it should even be a policy, but the fact that it needs to be a policy says more about people who just won't live and let live than it does about trying to legislate pronouns. That's that's yeah. how I'll start this. Yep. Um, so, so back to the, the name issue, because because um, I have a better example being your hero and role model. Um, Role model, right? Yeah, clearly yeah. you're you're proving it tonight. No, but, but a realistic scenario would be, for instance, um, let's say there is a a family that's fostering a child, has been fostering this child for two or three years. Parental rights are now terminated, but it's six months before they can finalize the adoption. So you have all the paperwork saying this is what's happening. School to make this transition easier, instead of using their legal name, can you use the name that they will go by for the rest of their life? And, and sure. a parent or guardian, in my mind, like that should be a request the parent or guardian should be able to make and have honored because the parent and guardian of a child does ask the state for permission of what name they can call a child. Right. So with the, with the name issue, like I, I, we probably agree on that quite a bit. I, I, I guess, what, would you say that the uh, draft policy being considered, uh, specifically policy 8040, is... Perfect. And if not, what would your perfect policy be? I don't know, man. I've never drafted policy before. I I think the problem with a lot of laws and bills and policies in general is you can't legislate everything. You can't you can't legislate away anything. Like all you're doing is making something illegal, right? You're making this policy just makes it I, it's not illegal, quote unquote illegal but you can get repercussions if you work for the school and don't obey the policy. Right. I'm not a fan of making things illegal that don't need to be illegal. And I, again, I know I'm not using illegal is not the correct term, but I don't know any other. It's the best term for this scenario. Mm -hmm. Again, I wish that everybody could just be cool and just go with it. Who cares? What's, what's the big deal? I understand that. (laughs) the policy probably isn't perfect. 
I'll tell you one thing right now that I don't like, just based on the 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 thing I read at the beginning. Reflect their gender identity without any substantiating evidence. What does that mean? They don't need any evidence of what? That they're a male who wants to be a female or vice versa? What substantiating evidence does there even need a need to be? Because we're probably in an agreement on 90% of transgender children issues. I, I, I bet. I don't think anybody under really 18, but at the bare minimum 16 should be getting any kind of life altering surgery that isn't uh, like life or limb mm-hmm. type of thing. That's interesting. So I would have thought you had been different on that. No. We, I mean, we can go into our transgender issues in, in general at the end, but I just want to kind of focus because this is the local issue for us. Yeah. I, I, like what kind of substantiating evidence they're they're not asking for any substantiating evidence i think there probably should be something i mean I, they need they need request of a student or parent legal guardian i feel like you probably got to go a school year without being able to have that like say i'm an incoming freshman and i want to be called she, her, Jessica, whatever. It's probably got to be for some period of time before they'll implement that. I, I don't feel like you can just show up and do it right away. Or like how many are you going to implement a policy where you get three name changes a year? Like what? <laughs> like what? How? It, there's got to be consistency, right? Like I think there needs to be some substantiating evidence. I'm not saying it needs to be a huge barrier. So for me, I don't like that part of it. I don't think I'm glad they're not requiring a parent or legal guardian. A lot of gay, lesbian and transgender kids don't have understanding parents or they haven't even told their parents and they can live a more truer life at school. So I'm glad they don't require that. But again, at the same time, like. Kids are weird. Kids are hyper emotional. They're they're feeling new emotions all the time at a at a high level. They're prone to misjudgment because they're kids. We we don't expect kids to be perfect. We want they're going to make mistakes. That's how they learn and grow. I don't I I would think there needs to be some sort of like within reason time period of like okay you're gonna you it's gonna take two semesters for this to be put in place and if you're still at the end of the year wanting this to happen then we will update the records and you know put it out on your school roster that you're you know josephina instead of joseph whatever so i think there needs to be something i i don't like again i don't in my personal opinion, I don't think these kids are making willy nilly decisions about what gender they want to be and what name they want to be called. They probably thought long and hard about it, but there are going to be some that are going to abuse is not the right word, but there are going to be some who have legitimate changes of heart and they shouldn't, it's too, it's already too touchy and too sensitive of an issue 
you got to have some some guidelines, right? Some some lane you got to stay in. That's what I will say about how, what I don't like about the policy. That surprises me. We're polar opposite on that. Um, <laughs> Good. That's why we're doing this. Like, I, I would have thought you would have been like completely okay with um, a lack of substantiated evidence. Um, and it doesn't necessarily surprise me as much that, that you're okay without the parent guardian being, being involved. Um, but I, I would have thought you would have seen this and been like, yep, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, no, no, I, I, I sympathize with people saying that like kids are impulsive. They don't always know. Again, that's why I don't think that you shouldn't be giving 12 year olds gender reassignment surgery. There's way too much to learn about yourself before, like, again, they give girls in high school were getting like boob jobs and stuff. I, I don't necessarily think that should be okay either. But if you're going to allow that, I don't know how you don't allow 16 year olds to do gender reassignment at that point. But I think 18 for all cosmetic surgery with or without a parent or guardian, like that should be the line anyway. That being said, I, I yeah, I, I, I want to make it. Easy on the students and easy on the teachers. I don't want it to be a big deal for either of them. I think that saying no substantiating evidence, like what if what if a, you don't like a teacher and you're just an asshole to them and then you are swapping, not well, swapping necessarily. But yeah, you don't like you. You got it. You can't let it be abused. There needs to be some kind of guidelines, and there needs to be. It needs to be very clear for everybody involved because I, I, I want it so clear that the teachers who don't agree with it know what you know aren't going to try to push boundaries and skirt it mm-hmm. and do whatever. The same as the students. Like I don't think it. I don't want it to be abused on either side. I don't necessarily think this policy is, uh, as written, is perfect by any means. Yeah. Well, and kind of to your point, like let's just say that the person that genuinely believes they are misgendered, um, this policy is written for them, but the kid who's just a normal 16 year old kid in a class clown, he's going to take use of that policy when it, when it wasn't written with that child in mind. Right. And if you make it, and if you, and if you say you get one change a year and the class clown wants to be called, you know, Heather, Anyone. whatever. Yeah. Megatron. And you he wants to be that, referred. Remember that episode of friends? Did you watch friends in the nineties? Uh, I've watched friends, not in the nineties, but I've seen it. I've seen the whole thing with my wife since then. But I mean, I don't know if I remember any one particular episode. Well, there's an episode where Phoebe wanted to change her name. Um, and she changed it to princess Consuela banana hammock. Mm. And her husband wanted to change his name to crap bag. It's Another not beyond the realm of possibility that a 16-year-old decides, hey, my name is, and without a right. parent or guardian, guardian having to, to approve. And I can guarantee that that's going to work. Somebody's going to do that, and they're going to make some name, and the school board is going to deny it, and then they're going to sue. Like, I 1,000% see that happening. <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think you can, again, you can't legislate away bad actors, people with bad intentions, people with with good intentions and bad information or bad. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I get whatever. You. Right. So, so, he, so, he, so I don't think I, I just, I just want to put out there right now that I, 
I don't consider the class clown or the activist, for lack of a better word, that is going to abuse this policy. I don't think that's a reason to not do it if it's going to help actual transgender kids. Mm -hmm. So that's my opinion on that. Yeah. So, so I think my whole perspective would be um, the central authority and power in our nation should be given to the individual and in cases of age of minority like this should be given to the, the family or more specifically the parents or parent or guardian. And then from there, it should be given to the local government, county, city, what have you, then from the other state, then, then from the opposite federal government. So having said that, um, I would also say that the scope of your liberty is not so far as to force someone to do something that, that violates their own liberty. Uh, and I think we know that. We've seen several cases where sure. um, someone would say, I had the freedom to do this or I had the freedom to demand this. Um, and there are several historical um, cases where that hasn't been true. And we, we've learned that there have been several uh, instances of case law where the Supreme Court has said that's not true. Right. Um, right. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to give you the option that I will, I will hold myself to for the rest of the time we record any podcast. You gave me a long time to, to say what I wanted to say without interrupting me or, or, or retorting. Do you prefer for me to retort in between your points or do you want to get through your entire, so your entire point before I respond? Retort because I have a I have a response to just what you just said your your little part about liberty. Gotcha. So retort that point, but I do want to get back to what I think the perfect school board policy would be on this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can't ever this kind of policy doesn't work outside of a school. You can't tell somebody to call somebody something else outside of school. The students at the playground in their neighborhood can call you whatever they want. You can call, you can say a racial slur at somebody, and that's not illegal. You like again, you can't legislate this in the in the. That's that's encroaching on your liberty. But everybody agrees that there are certain things you can do on the outside of school that you can't do on the inside, regardless of what the actual law is. So I would disagree a little bit because I don't think it's a big jump from this is what happens in the school to this is what must happen in the workplace. So now the like, workplace is the workplace is entirely different. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, if, if this like, like, to my knowledge, at least, is not federal law that right. employers must call you by your preferred pronoun or name. Um, I OK, I I I could right, be okay. wrong. I, I just don't think it's true. no, it's yeah. But what I'm saying is. I will, even if I grant you that that the workplace and the school yard are comparable outside of those two places in the general public you can't you can say whatever you can call anybody whatever they want you can't threaten them right. but I wouldn't you can say liberty. whatever you want I wouldn't segment an individual's liberty to 
to to portion. Well, we do though. We we take the liberties away of school kids on public school grounds. There are things you can't do in school that you can do outside of school. It's that simple. For instance, not not doubting you. Just like give me like contextualize it for me. Okay, so for instance, uh, at my school, you weren't allowed to wear hats on campus. I know school districts where that are like uh, have a lot of gang activity around that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so like you can't wear certain colors Mm -hmm. like there. There were there were schools that you couldn't wear blue. You couldn't wear red. Yeah, that sort of thing. Right. They're they're telling you you don't have freedom of speech in school. You can't say whatever you want without repercussion at school. Uh, There are certain things. Individual liberty, like I'm not allowed to. uh, uh, invade your space like I can't hit you I can't that's but that's universal right but you don't there are certain things that don't apply on school grounds and we all agree that that makes school quote unquote a safer better place no and that's fair um I mean that, that's a that's a I can see so that. so I I I that's the only reason I don't like the liberty argument for this I it, it's different for the teachers I'll give you that but not for the students. I'm like, I'm not going to push back on the liberty of the teachers as much as I would talking about the liberty of each individual student, because we already take their, a lot of their liberties away just by virtue of them being on, on the school grounds. Mm-hmm. No. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. And admittedly, like in thinking through that, it was more um, superior to subordinate in, in the sense of uh, okay. removal yeah. of, of, uh, Freedom, liberty, etc. Because sure, 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 you know, sure, sure, sure. I understand where you're going. I, I just wanted to. That's why I wanted to give you the yeah, option. Yeah, but like, yep. I, I, I knew I knew you were going down a path, and I just wanted to bring up that, like, I, I think uh, that the liberty argument is not a strong one for me for students at school. Yeah, and, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, so, so concede that entirely. Um, but with regard, the student becomes the master. <laughs> I've taught you well um, in just two episodes. <laughs> learn quick. I learn quick. Um, but so, so kind of that's my, my general principle of government is is that. So right. Where this to me would plug into school board policy, I would have no problem if if the policy said, um, you know, at the request of a parent or guardian. Um, the child can be called the requested name um, and not necessarily what is on, uh, you know, their, their official records at the time. Um, and I think that solves a lot of the problems we already discussed with class clowns and, and things of that nature. Um, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I also don't think a government official such as a school counselor or a teacher should be wrestling with deep, complex, and ethical issues um, without the parents' knowledge. Um, that, that's just not a role the government should fill. That's not their responsibility, and that, to me, is inappropriate. Um, uh, so... Don't retort that one yet. Let me finish the policy. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right you're good, you're good. That one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I think the policy would be fine to say, um, you know, re- respect the choice of the family, with regards to the name of the child, because the government shouldn't step in and give an opinion or a, a much less, you know, even worse, a mandate on what a child can or cannot be called. 
that's a family choice. That's a parental choice. Um, and it's a, an amoral um, word. Like there's no morality attached to someone's name. Right. Um, I would, I would say with a pronoun, I would be okay if the policy said that the teacher should honor the, um, the requested pronoun, or if it violates personal conscience or conscience or a religious conviction, you will respect the, the authority of the family and use gender neutral pronouns or no pronouns at all. Um, the, the reason that's important, and because at the end of the day, um, at least in the Abrahamic faiths, they believe in an inerrant, inherent, uh, wow, inerrant creator, and to call a, a male a girl would be to imply that that God made a mistake. So, so it would just it would be um, violating the very core of who someone is as, as a member of an Abrahamic faith. Um, so now they don't have that they have to violate religious expression and religious conviction to expand the individual liberty of another one. And, and I have a problem with that on the, this is specifically with the names and pronouns debate of this, this policy. And the parents should be able to, you know, um, work with the school board and say, Hey, I would request that my child stays with teachers who, you know, will use this pronoun and not uh, sidestep it with gender neutrality. Um, you know, and the school board can work to accommodate that because there are going to be some teachers who are fine with it. Um, and then there are probably going to be some parents who say, hey, I want you to learn how to, to work with and listen to people who just disagree with you and, and learn how to be respectful towards each other, even though they disagree. I would imagine there are some parents who would want to prepare their child for their next phase of life by putting them in an environment where they're not going to be completely agreed with. Well, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I think, being may I'm not in high school anymore. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know how it is for gay kids in high school, but it wasn't very easy for them when I was in high school. I can't imagine it's easy for transgender kids. So I'm not super worried about being a, being called your preferred name and pronoun is going to make high school much easier. Uh, maybe just a little bit easier. Uh, okay. So a couple of points. The government employee helping transgender students without parent or guardian. I think that in general, yes, that should be the guidance, but not the policy. But there are plenty of times outside of transgender students, students who are, who are abused by their parents are, uh, or their they see a parent abuse another parent. They don't know who to talk to, blah, blah. You're getting involved in a student's life. You know, I've heard stories of teachers or guidance counselors paying for students' lunches because their family can't afford it without their parents' knowledge, uh, that sort of thing. I think you can't, again, I'm fine with saying, like, you shouldn't really do this, but I'm not fine with punishing teachers who do do that. But I think end, that, right. I think that, Specifically with transgender kids, uh, you're compounding the issue if you're 
if their own family doesn't agree with their lifestyle. I don't even want to call it a lifestyle. Like being transgender and gay is not, it's not a choice. Even if you're confused about how you feel inside, as far as being a, you want, you want to present as a man or a woman or non-binary, whatever. I'm not ignorantly. I'm not quite sure what non-binary entails, but I I'm told that there are people who are non-binary and not having parents to fall back to that's a really lonely place. And so forbidding a guidance counselor or teacher who would like to have empathy and help that person. I don't like the idea that they can't. Uh, but I agree with you that the general policy shouldn't be, we're going to override the parents no matter what, blah, blah, blah. I think that's probably a part of the policy that like, if I was, if I was negotiating this policy, that's something that I could, I would, that would be on the chopping block for me to give up in the negotiation is saying that it could be the, the student themselves without their parents because I think that's that's tough to do. I don't think you can take that choice. Not choice. In a perfect world, parents would love their kids unconditionally and support them in whatever they needed, even if they were being an idiot, as long as it wasn't you know dangerous or illegal, right? But in the world we live in, parents and children don't always see eye to eye. But at the end of the day, you can't take that away from the parents. They are the the legal guardians of these children these kids until a certain age. And so I agree with you that you can't really go around that. There's no, there's no way around that. There's no like moral or ethical way around that. Yeah. And well, and kind of to the, the example you gave, this is why I think it, it really matters. Um, how your government views and understands their responsibility as government, because in your example of abuse, the government's primary job is to protect life, liberty, and property. So sure. in, in a situation where a child is being abused, their life is being affected and the government and, and all the way down to government personnel, sure. their responsibility is to step in and... Uh, Do you agree there is such a thing as emotional and mental abuse that isn't physical, that there isn't a whole lot the government can do about? I a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, there was definitely emotional um, and mental abuse that the government would not be able to do anything about. Okay. You can continue with your point. I just want to cl- clarify that. Yep. No. So, so, so in the example you gave, um, and I say with, with the lunch money thing, um, uh, I, I think, um, I mean, I know for a fact, at least in Virginia, there is free and reduced lunch for, for, Sure. Uh, Impoverished family. So, so that's not an issue sure. where an employer would have to step in. Like that's that's an issue where we have already provided funds to take care of those children. Um. So, so that's why I think it matters because if, if you're trying to protect life, liberty, and property of the government, then you say, okay, this child's life is being affected, um, physical, physically affected, and now we'll step in and protect them. Right. But to to say that, okay, I know my parents have different beliefs on. Um, this moral or ethical issue. Therefore, I will find a way to continue down this path without their knowledge or consent. And the government's going to usurp the authority of the parents. That's asinine, in my opinion. I think it's dangerous. I think it's immoral. I think it's incredibly wrong for the government to think they have that privilege to speak into a child's life without the 
without the same knowledge that a parent would have. Um, and certainly without the parent's consent, because it's ultimately their responsibility, um, at least up until 18 or in some cases, 19, depending on the state or age of majority. Yeah. I, I hate saying, I hate slippery slope argument. I hate that. But that I think your argument. No, no, I'm it's the point I'm about to make. Oh. <laughs> that was my preference saying I hate doing this. I hate my stance on this position. I am not as strongly against I I think you use much stronger language about the government stepping in than I would. But I do agree that it would take a lot for the government to need to usurp that authority. Uh there are a lot of bad parents out there. There are a lot of parents with good intent that are that end up still end up being bad parents. There's not a whole lot we can do about it if it's not life or limb, right? So I agree with you. But I also agree. That's why I wanted to clarify. I think that parents can absolutely be emotionally and mentally abusive to children, and it's absolutely damaging to them. And they have long lasting effects based on that. And that's where the gray area is that I think that you can't ban teachers and counselors from helping in those situations. And I think that, I think there's a lot of overlap with transgender kids. I think a lot of them feel alone. Uh, it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to go through, not, not knowing yourself mm-hmm. and then not having, not having your parents to talk and understand with whatever. And then to go to school and face, you know, ridicule or bullying or whatever. I don't necessarily think that that gym teacher is going to bully kids. He doesn't want to call them. We'll move on to your next point. You have another point about. I don't like typing during because I have a really loud keyboard. So I'm trying to do this off memory. You made a point about that. I actually agree with. That they should have the option to use gender neutral pronouns instead of the preferred pronouns that they have some kind of religious i i don't want to get into the religious aspect of it i mean i'll talk about it a little bit as a rebuttal but i could talk up this i could do four podcasts about the religious angle Mm -hmm. four hours of podcasts about it uh but i think the easiest way to do it it would be to have that gender neutral out or you're allowed to use the name that they choose there should be no problem calling a male student Shannon or Ashley. There are males out there who identify as males who use quote unquote gender neutral names, but are very often associated with women. I know, I know Aubrey's and Ashley's and Shannon's who are guys mm-hmm. and who, you know, mm-hmm. so if you give the out of, if you don't want to call them by their preferred pronoun, you can use gender neutral pronouns or the name they choose. I'm completely fine with that. I think that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable uh, concession to make and would absolutely think that they, uh, well, I'm not going to say that that will happen. I think that they're probably going to push this policy through because that it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's politicized and it's basically about defiance at this point. Uh, than it is about being rational and doing what's best for the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would absolutely, I would absolutely be in, in support of that. I think that quashes, even though I don't agree with that teacher or yours 
objection on religious grounds. I think it's that's a much harder, murkier, precedent-setting thing to fight than it is to just say, okay, you, you can call them by their preferred name or use gender-neutral pronouns. I think that everybody wins. Yeah, well, and, and I think, you know, for me being, you know, if I have to choose between conservative and liberal, being more on the conservative side, um, I think I'm much more accurately described as libertarian, but, you know, being more on the conservative side, I think there would be a lot of people on the conservative side that wouldn't like that. But No, the, I agree. But, but the, the problem is, for me, like, you don't govern with situational ethics or from situation to situation. You govern based off principle. So in principle... Do you think the government should have the ability to usurp the will of the family, specifically the parents um, or the individual? On the other side, do you think the government should have the ability to define what is appropriate religious expression, which is the, the, the phrase used in the First Amendment? So right. to me, I don't think the government should be able to define for me what is appropriate religious expression. And I also don't think the government should be able to usurp authority from individuals or in cases of age of minority, families, parents. So, so the, the principle here, I think, is consistent and it, and it appropriately honors both sides of that spectrum. Um, now, I guess I want to say for clarification to you and just hear your comment on that, because I know you're not uh, you know, a religious person and um, the freedom of religion argument <clears throat> doesn't sit well with you um but but i would say for me like what where i would draw lines is to say freedom of religion arguments are valid when you are asking me to personally commit sin how, how i you know how, how my religion teaches sin it doesn't work as well when um let's take for instance the lady in kentucky 10 years ago who didn't want to do issue same-sex marriage, marriage license right um in that situation you're being asked to not stop somebody else from doing what you think is a sin but doesn't violate their conscience at all so you're not being asked to participate um or, or, or um, make a given expression that is sinful specifically to you you're being told, hey, you can't dictate morality to others. So right. I don't get the religious argument on that ground as much. Um, but in this case, I mean, you, you are, I mean, the, the foundation for Abrahamic faiths is inerrant creator. So to look at an image bearer of God, um, which is a, a Christian and Jewish belief, and to say God made a mistake with how he created you, I mean, that, that's, that's heretical. Um and that's where, again, I think the person has to have the freedom to not violate their religious conviction, but still defer to the will of the parents. Sure. And I mean, we can talk the religious angle, but it's not it's never going to go over for me, mainly because I don't I don't you're never going to convince me you're sinning by calling somebody a he or a she is what they prefer. However, even if that's the case, like, I think that goes back to the compromise of if a, if a boy student wants to be called Tiffany, he can be called Tiffany. That's not that that gets around that because there's no there's no there's no book of the Bible that defines what are boy names and girl names. Regardless, my again, 
your actual middle name is Thomas. My sister, her name is Kirsten Michelle. Mm-hmm. I nicknamed her Hiccupana when she was a baby because she hiccup all the time. I'm, I was like four years old and I called her Hiccupana. It came out of nowhere. Hana stuck with her. She goes by Hana. Everybody calls her Hana. Hana is not anywhere on her birth certificate kit. She goes by Hana. I grew up with a kid who went by Bubba. His name wasn't Bubba. I don't remember what. I don't even know what his real name was. I grew up with he got kid called, too, actually. He got called. But yeah, we're both from the South. He got called Bubba. Like, so there are instances where like, it's, you can't, you can't, we already as a society call people by names they prefer to be called. I'm, my name is Jacob. I go by Jake. It's that simple. So I think that's the compromise. I don't want to get too far into the religious thing because we're already almost an hour in and I could literally go on all night about the religious thing. I don't think, I, I, I believe with the marriage license in Kentucky, with this, it's hard to convince me that it's you're going to go to hell when it has no effect on you. You're not you're not saying it's okay. You are empathizing and and act. I don't want to say acquiescing. You are going along with somebody's wishes of what they prefer to be described as. That has no bearing on you. It doesn't matter, in my opinion. But again. This is coming from a non-religious person. You're going to have to show me like I, th- I, I I'll say this. I think it's a stretch to say that you are admitting God made a mistake because somebody else asked you to call them a he or a she, which is opposite of what the sexual organs they have. Like, I think that's, that's a stretch for me is all I'll say. And for the religious, the religious freedom argument, you are allowed to practice your religion however legally whatever you see fit. You are not allowed to make other people follow your religion or way of thinking. So that's where your religious liberty ends. I, same with same with regular liberty. You're allowed to do whatever you want that doesn't mess with anybody else's liberty. Same with religious liberty. You can believe that transgenderism is wrong, being gay is wrong is a sin against your religion. You don't be gay. You don't tra- you don't misgender your children or you know whatever gender your children. <laughs> you don't even have to finish the sentence. That's funny. I, <laughs> you don't do just don't do that, and you're good with your God. But like, if somebody else asked you to do that, I don't. That's not infringing on your liber- your religious liberty. You there are plenty of things that I've seen people do that I think are wrong. But that doesn't go against that doesn't infringe on any liberty I have, other than like if they're on my lawn, doing it but on. But my let, lawn. So let me let me ask you this though: Are, are you saying that as this is my personal belief? Or are you saying that and saying this is how we should govern society? Because I think if you're saying that as saying this is how we should govern society, what you're saying is the government should be the one that defines which religions are appropriate and which are inappropriate and which religious expressions are appropriate and inappropriate because, and again, I mean, I, I would agree we already that we get to step in only in the sense of your religion cannot infringe on somebody's life, liberty, and property, but to the extent that it doesn't infringe on their life, liberty, and property, you have free reign. I mean, that the government has historically recognized that, it is not our responsibility to determine what's appropriate and inappropriate religious expression. Right. Yeah, just I agree with that. I, I agree with that entirely. You, you, you yourself are allowed to express whatever your religious beliefs are 
however you see fit. Mm-hmm. But, but then I guess the what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is what explain to me, I, you, you've explained it. You've explained it as if you, if a boy wants you to call him a she, that you're admitting that God made a mistake. Yeah, and that's your belief. That real quick. Sure. In my in, in my personal conviction and understanding of Christian theology, for me, it would be I'm implying, not explicitly stating, I'm implying right. that God made a mistake. There are other Christians who you know, sure. might might disagree and say, "Hey, I sure. don't think I see it that way. I think I'm just trying to come closer to this person." Like, so so I want to clarify that. I guess what I'm saying is though that it's it's reasonable to say that there is a theological attachment to the pronoun issue and the government sure. cannot be the one that is the arbiter of appropriate and inappropriate. With regards right. To I think, I think, and again, for me, I, I don't like saying it. I think there's that slippery slope there where if you, it's not necessarily slippery slope. It's a cluster F it's a foobar situation. If the government starts getting involved and determining what is and isn't appropriate for religious expression and where religious liberty begins and ends. That's a, that's a quagmire. You're, we're never getting back out of that. It doesn't lead anywhere good either. So I completely agree. And that's why I think the compromise of using preferred names and gender neutral pronouns should be an option. Said that three times. I, I, I think fair, we're fairly in agreement with that, but I'll go back to this religious argument. It would have to be, I don't even know if it being explicitly stated is, is, is good enough for me, but basically my, my opinion is, is you're assuming based on your understanding of what God wants Mm -hmm. that he doesn't, he can't figure out the situation of you're saying, if I call this boy a she, God can't figure out that I'm doing it because they asked that and not because I actually agree with it. Right, like no, that's not what in I'm your heart of hearts, you don't agree with calling boys who want to be called she a she. But if you did it, that that's a sin that God is going to strike or you know put it on your permanent record, whatever, whatever belief. Are you, you sure you're not religious? You're using the vernacular, you know that. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up religious. I'm not anymore. Uh, you're old now <laughs> growing up. So I'm old now. Life. Yes. Uh, that's very, very well put. <laughs> uh, in, in, in my opinion that mm-hmm. I think that that's a hard, this is, this is me. This is not me talking like this is what the government should, should think me personally. I find it hard to believe that, that people, the, the higher powers people believe in that are all knowing and all powerful and that made this world and don't make mistakes that they're not going to understand the difference when you are calling a, a boy a she because that's what they prefer because they're not 18 and they can't get uh, gender reassignment surgery to fully transition. And then you would never know the difference anyway on the street. Uh, I find that I, that's, that's going to be a real tough pill for me to ever swallow that, that you're your higher power. You believe in can't make that distinction. It's, it's different if you're doing it to your own kids and trying to play both sides of the fence, be a Christian and, you know, be gay, like being gay and a Christian. I don't understand how that works or being transgender and a Christian and I don't, you know, whatever. I think that's definitely harder to reconcile. 
I think you as a Christian who doesn't, who believes that it's, that God doesn't make mistakes, that I think it's really weird that you don't think he could make that distinction when you're, when you, when you're out in the public eye, it doesn't have to be at school. It doesn't have to be government context, just out in the public. And you run into somebody and you say, Oh, sorry, mister. And he goes, actually, I prefer to go by Sheila, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you start calling them her, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, they're a man. Like, I don't, I don't think that, that, that is reasonable to believe that God doesn't know the difference of you just being a nice guy. Like Jesus was all about being nice. Be cool, man. Love everybody. Disagree with that last statement. Um, (laughs) But, but, but also, again, I want to clarify, um, at no point did I say God wouldn't understand what I said. Would like, to yeah, say, yeah. Like, I'm I'm giving you my feeling on the whole situation, and also I used you as an avatar. I don't. I've never really talked to you about your theological beliefs. I mean, we probably have before. We, we have several times. Worked we together on. We we worked together on plenty of shifts <laughs> at night. I'm sure we've talked about. It. I I just mean in general, like especially about this issue. Yeah, it, I mean, so so like I said, I mean, I've. I've, I've, I've I think what you said, for instance, um, there were a number of Christians uh, who would say, man, I want to uh, approach this person and go as close to them as possible. Um, and I ultimately want to explain to them the gospel and I want to explain to them um, how scripture makes sense. But but um, I'm not going to have that opportunity if, if I don't acquiesce to both name and pronoun. Right. Sure. But I think at the same time, there are other Christians who would read scripture and be uh, wanting to be just as faithful to their understanding of the Bible and say, in this way, I would fall. I I can call you a name. I don't think there's any morality or or theological statement um, necessary in that. But I I do think, and for the same reason you said, like Ashley, boy or girl, um, nicknames, like, again, I I try to be principled to where I say principles apply to all situations across all times. Um, They're not sure bound but it would be an implication um according to my understanding of scripture and theology to uh call somebody who was born a boy um and to call them female because i believe they were fearfully and wonderfully made um and i believe they were made for a purpose and all these things um, sure so, and, and i guess what i'm saying is then that's why i tried to, to ask like are you saying this as a hey, personally i don't get this argument or hey this argument is invalid and therefore the government should govern based off the no, I, I, I specified this is what I believe. And I think we're yeah. past the arguing about this policy. I think we basically said everything we need to talk yeah. about and we're kind of into this personal belief section of it. I mean, the whole podcast is our personal beliefs, right? But I mean, like we were, we were talking about it from the side of the government. I, th- I, again, I think I agree, agree with you that the government wading into this is, is not good. It's, there's no good outcome. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to limit. I, I believe in the first amendment. Everybody should be able to practice their religion within. I mean, I don't want to say within reason, but like, as long as you're not messing with anybody else. So we're, I think we're beyond the government talk. This is our personal opinion on how we see the issue. I will say that. If you believe God made them the way they are, then you just kind of have to pray that they are going through a tribulation and that they're going to come out at the end of it, not transgender anymore. They're going to see the light and love them. 
either either love the body they have or learn to love the body they have. Uh, but again, I don't think it's much of a choice for them. I, I if I can only speak for myself. If I was a Christian who believed in God and I believed that He didn't make mistakes and were all of His children made in His creation, I would be of the empathetic sort that they are going through something I have no experience with. God is doing it for a reason. And I shouldn't be an asshole to that person. I should, I should treat them the golden rule, how I would want to be treated. I don't want to be called a girl's name. I don't want to be called a her. I want to be called Jake or asshole. That's gender neutral. Uh, and that's, that's how I see it. I don't, I don't, I'm not transgender. I, I, I think God made me, this is, people can clip this now and take me completely out of context. This isn't great. But that being said, that's how I would view it. I am more, I was way more when I was into Christianity. I was way into Jesus. I thought Jesus was, a. I still think Jesus was a pretty, relatively a good dude. Well, according to the Bible, he's a great dude, but I don't think that that was, he had really good PR back then, I will say. Uh, I wasn't really into the Old Testament God, the vengeful, wrathful God. I was really into the love everybody, be kind, sort of, sort of Jesus character. So I, I in my version of Christianity in my head, I, I just have, I, I would feel that none of these policies would violate my religious expression based on not being an asshole to people. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Um, hmm, wait, I want to. Okay, so you kind of ended with the policy, so that's where I'll start. I, think- I, I, I will fully admit that I haven't researched or read anything regarding theology mm-hmm. 15 years, maybe more. So, I, if there's, first of all, there's probably a million of different viewpoints on it, but I will fully concede that you are way more of a expert on this topic than i am um so you kind of mentioned uh gosh what did you say about policy um oh yeah it's interesting because i believe um i kind of inferred from the judge's opinion that uh what mr tanner cross's lawyers argued was that he could both not abide by this policy and also um not uh not be in opposition to the policy and i, I think what they were saying is like he can use gender neutral pronouns. He cannot use any pronouns. Um, right. What he said was he wouldn't call a biological boy a girl and a biological right. girl a boy. So I, I think to that to that point, um, I think to, to me, the, the policy should just explicitly say a few things just to, so the citizens know their government is trying to consider all perspectives and not just trying to force a worldview upon its constituents, but it's rather trying yeah, to and, and I and I'll fully concede it, Yeah, I'll fully concede that I don't think the Loudoun County School Board has handled this well at all. Yeah, they've had a rough year. Yeah. So I'm not under any illusion that they're Yeah. Any got any kind of moral high ground or or concede any or defer to them for any kind of good judgment. Because this whole thing has been a, an S show. Uh, but to to the broader point you made, I I will say like, you know, what what we've talked to our daughter about, um, who has friends like this, um, who, uh, 
you know, she's trying to wrestle through, okay, what does scripture say? Because she is a follower of Christ and how do we do this? Um, we've kind of said like, listen, you know, here's what I think. I want you to read scripture. I want you to come to convictions, um, regard pronouns and names. We, we counsel, use the name. But one of the biggest things we've pushed was, um, you need to do everything in love. And when you disagree, be gentle, try to explain what the disagreement is, but at the same time, um, the same way me personally, I don't want to be defined by my biggest sin struggle. You know, we don't want to look at somebody and automatically think of just, you know, what we would consider their biggest sin or their most overt sin. So this is a unique individual. This is one aspect of who they are. It's not the culmination of all that they are, and we don't want to treat them as such. Um, I want to love them. I want to be a good friend to them. Um, even if they don't follow Jesus, I still want to love and respect and be a good friend to them because they are an image bearer. And if we love God, we have to love and respect those who bear his image. Even if from what we understand about God and theology, they are living a life contrary to his good instruction. Um, but that doesn't mean we lead with chastisement. We lead with criticism. Um, and then we've even told her we don't lead with correction. We lead with love. We let them know we are for them as individuals. And we have a way that we think the world works that would actually magnify and increase their joy. Um, and some of that is contrary to uh, choices or, or uh, ways they understand themselves in the world around them. Right. And um, I think like, I think in a lot of ways, <laughs> like you said, hypothetically, if I was a Christian, she would like, I don't necessarily disagree with that. This is how we're understanding it. But I, I just, you know, there has to be kind of room for. Right. And even if both of us agree entirely on the same viewpoint from the Christian angle, that doesn't mean other Christians do. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, oh, I they're entitled that. Right. And they're entitled to their opinion too. So it's not, I don't want to like yeah. try to kumbaya this and say, we figured it out. But like, again, it's just, it's, I think the, the, the name we've said this multiple times, but the name and the gender neutral pronouns is probably the way to go for Loudoun County for Virginia, whatever the state policy is. Uh, there's been a lot of, it's gotten out of hand and, a lot of misinformation, but that's would you agree to be expected. The policy, how do I say this? Would you agree that the policy is written the way it is to pander to a, a base to rally votes? So for instance, would you agree that they don't include the extra 12 words um, to show they try to honor religious liberty because they know the people that aren't for this aren't going to vote for them anyway? And that they, they, they wrote it the way they did just so they can say, look, we care about you. We love you. Cause I guess in my thing, some, like if Republicans thought they could get transgender and homosexual votes, they would be a lot more careful and nuanced in how they speak about these issues. But since they know they're not going to get. Sure. But I mean, like where, where me and you live, like these people really, I mean, they're, they're going to get challenged from their left, not really from their right. I feel like, but I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really read it through that kind of political prism. I mean, again, I think it has become very politicized now, but as far as the policy goes, yeah, I don't know, man. I, again, I think the more we've talked about it, the more we've talked about it, the more like, I don't think the policy is written. Well, I don't, I, I've already ag agreed that no, they no, haven't handled this. I well. think, I think, I think we could write a policy that we would both agree with and be like, yep, I, I feel like this is appropriate, but 
that's almost every bill. Here's my conspiracy theory. They wrote it in a way yeah. to pander to their base. To pander, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll give the other part of that conspiracy theory. They they are handling it this way to get national attention in order to get national attention. They're not trying to avoid national attention. Uh, all right, man, that was a really fun conversation. And I think that uh, we'll definitely do, maybe not next episode, we'll get out of a... Uh, get out of the school districts for now, but I think a critical race theory episode is interesting. Uh, maybe not even the whole episode because it's fear mongering at this point. Nobody's teaching critical race theory in schools. Uh, but yeah, well, I think we've discussed one or two other topics we can talk about for next episode. We'll have to uh, come to an agreement on that for episode four, but yeah, this was a good one. Uh, again, we're the one V one deep state podcast. This is uh, episode three. I am at the rake, but the A is a four on Twitter. At Thomas Black underscore 86. Hit us up. Let us know how dumb we are, how wrong we were. Uh, You want more government in your life or I need to find Jesus, whatever. You can tweet anything at us. We have a Discord. It'll be in the... It'll be in the details. Join the Discord. You can do the exact same thing. Try to convert me to Christianity on Discord. I will respond. I am very active in the Discord. Uh, If you're into gaming, we have a gaming podcast. If you're not into gaming, stick to the Deep State channel on our Discord. And uh, again, we talk about all kinds of issues, much like this podcast. But recently was, uh, do we still need international borders or not? Which was a crazy conversation. Uh, That's all I got. Thomas, anything you want to say? Nope. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 